What's going on? It's Kevin Deers here with Defy for Defy Summer Bash. We're hanging out here at the White Center Block Party at Seattle's only wrestling-themed bar, the Lariat Bar in White Center. So let's go talk to some wrestling fans. Let's go talk to some wrestlers. Let's go talk to the people that are behind all of this at Lariat Bar. What's going on? My name is Kevin Deers, and this is Defy. Guess what? We are here at the White Center Block Party, and one of the most rowdy fans here at Defy Summer Bash was this kid to my left. This kid was watching all the matches. He was booing the Midnight Heat. What's your name? Marcus. Marcus? Yeah. You like wrestling? Yeah. Right what do you like about wrestling? The fact that I can see people get beat the shit out of. Wow. That is uh, some blue language from Marcus here, but uh, it's awesome to have you out here, man. Are you from White Center? Well, I'm from Texas, but I live down on 25th. Okay, right on, man. Well, who's your favorite wrestler? Uh, uh, Sledgehammer. Sledgehammer. Right on, man. Well, you going to watch the second half? Oh, yeah. All right. Sounds good, man. Thanks, Marcus. No problem. Can I get a fist pound? Hey, what's going on? This is Kevin Deers here at Defy Summer Bash as part of the White Center Block Party. And we were talking with Nate, one of the guys from the Lariat Bar, which, if you don't know, Seattle has its own pro wrestling theme bar because, of course, it does. Out here in White Center, Nate, how you doing, man? Good, man. We appreciate y'all coming out. This has been awesome. Absolutely, This has been fun, yeah. So this is the second time you guys have had uh, Defy out here in front of your bar. What's it been like? What's the vibe been like for you, man? Oh, man, it's... The first time we didn't know what to expect, and today's even better. Like it's just, it's amazing. Everybody's having a great time. Kids are even watching from beyond it, which I didn't see happening. Like the, the bouncy house behind us kind of throws it together, so it kind of makes even more sense. So it's a, it's fun. Everyone's having a great time. Everyone's enjoying themselves. I mean, that battle royal was rad. Yeah, I, mean, I, I didn't see that. That's coming. the best thing for little kids. They get yeah. to see all their favorite wrestlers, and it's the best. So what? Uh, you know, give me a little history here of of the Lariat Bar. It, it, it's kind of something that popped up like right before the pandemic. Is that right? Yeah, well, we uh, we unluckily signed our lease in August of 2019. Great timing. Yeah, we, we weren't sure. We didn't know the world was going to end. But uh, we're just three bartenders. You know, that they've uh, George and Steffi worked together up on the hill for a long time. I, I worked with George in, in downtown area for a long time. Yeah. About like combined like 35 years of bartending, four wow. years of bartending all together. Uh, you know, it's three guys, three, three of us just didn't want to be owned anymore. And we wanted to, we wanted to build a bar that we go to. Yeah. You know, and as bartenders, we like, you know. We like darker, divey bars. So, you know, we built a dive bar that won't give you hepatitis. You know? There you go. It's just the wrestling yeah. that will. So, uh, <laughs> so what, are you, what, are your favorite, uh, what are your favorite things to show here, man? You guys got, like, wrestling all week long, playing all the time. You guys oh, played yeah. Defy? Oh, yeah. We, play, uh, we, we uh, got the, uh, the on-demand portal, so we got to play some Defy. The AEW on Wednesdays, that Dynamite, it goes. And then, of course, any, uh, all of our uh, uh, the pay-per-views, they, you know, they, they pull out a lot of people. And it's just... We run that all the time, you know. It's just kind of do that. We we do uh, retro gaming on uh, Tuesdays as well. We do some sing in the ring karaoke on uh, on Thursdays and Mondays. So we have a good time with it, man. It's a it's wrestling. It's fun. Absolutely. Yeah. So who's your favorite Defy wrestler? Put you on the spot here. I gotta go with Mix. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I grew up. That was my alarm clock. You know, yeah. one seven point seven on the end. Like I went Andy Savage. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So that, I gotta go with Mix, but close second with Rosas. Real close second. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Nate from the Lariat Bar. Get yourself a drink. Obviously, you're seeing this after the event. But if you ever want to come down and watch some wrestling with some friends, have a few drinks and uh, enjoy it. White Center because it's an awesome community. Definitely come say what's up to Nate and tell him Defy sent you.
Hey, what's going on? My name is Kevin Deers here with Defy out at the White Center Block Party. We got Defy Summer Bash, and we got Puffy Pandy here. Who's your favorite wrestler? Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Right on. Yeah. I like it. All right. We're representing Puffy Pandy. We're representing the White Center community. So many cool businesses out here, and uh, it's awesome to see so many people out here in Seattle for White Center Block Party and uh, Defy Summer Bash. We are backstage here at Defy for the Defiant Ones, and right now I'm actually talking with one of the most talented wrestlers in the world, I'm honestly, oh, and, and, and I, I can say that, you know, because maybe if he said that, you know, it'd be a little cocky, but I'll say that as a yeah, fan. Uh, I appreciate that. But seriously, one half of Red Dragon, back here at Defy, it is Bobby Fish, and dude, yeah. like, he, he made his debut in NXT, like, weeks after his last yeah, Defy, yeah, yeah. so, yeah. Uh, man, welcome back. Ah, yeah, no, uh, happy to be back, um atmosphere here i remember having only been here the one time but remember uh how cool the vibe was and then um i don't know how many shows they uh they do in black and white but the one that we had was in black and white and i don't know just it's like an art house film yeah made it somehow cooler plus darby was in the match yep. and at that time he was relatively unknown but darby First off, just talented, but even beyond that, just, um, I don't know, talk about a kid with, like, a finger on the pulse of what that generation totally is into. Yeah. And I, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah, and I've definitely jumped the shark, you know, like, at my (laughs) age, I got a, a daughter that's going to college, so... You know, I'm not supposed to know what's cool. You're asking her, like, what's cool? Yeah, I'm not supposed to know what's cool, but I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure if they liked wrestling, which they don't, my daughters, but if they did, that they might like Darby Allen. I don't, I don't what know. What do your daughters think of wrestling? What do, they, what do they think of dad's wrestling matches? They hate it. Really? Yeah. My kids, they could give a shit about <laughs> it. Like they, And I think it's, you know, they grew up, um, I was doing this when they, you know, from the time they were uh, babies. Yeah. So, like, they grew up, I think, thinking that everybody's dad left the country, you know, to go to work sometimes. Going to NOAA for Japan. kids only, you know, they know what they know. Um, So, to be honest, I think they probably... I hate to put it this way, but I think they probably resent wrestling a little bit because it took me away from home a lot. Sure, yeah. You know, but that was the grind, and that was kind of the only way to to get it done was you had to be, you had to work. Yeah. Well, the AEW schedule, it's got to be great because, you you know, you probably work one or two times a week and then... Sometimes less. Sometimes less, (laughs) and then you get to be home with the fam. Yeah. um, Well, you know, now it's... uh, it's, um, I, like I, I just got married, actually. Congratulations! And so thank you. Yeah. And it's um, my wife and my stepdaughter. We live in Florida. Yeah. My uh, my daughters still live in New York, but like I said, they so like when I got released from WWE, um, 
it really didn't make a whole lot of sense for me to even consider moving back to New York because my oldest daughter is going to college this year. Yeah. My youngest will be going next year. So it's like, you know, I'd be moving back to New York just yeah. in time for them to go somewhere else. Sure, sure. My oldest daughter's going to Pepperdine, so she's going to be in California. And my youngest has only looked at schools in Europe. Okay. <laughs> so All right. Both of them are trying to get as far away from that <laughs> as possible. <laughs> so did you grow up in New York? I did. Okay. Yeah, upstate New York. Upstate New York, yeah, right on. Albany. So what was your first memory of wrestling? Um, my very first memory of wrestling would have been going to, it was uh, the RPI Fieldhouse in Troy, New York. Okay. Um, was in the car with, um, I believe, my father, maybe like um, uncle, cousins, and we were stopped in traffic, and in a limo was Bob Backlund. Wow. And uh, he was stuck in traffic, too. Yeah. And probably trying to get, I assume, you know, looking back, trying to get to the building. Um, and I don't, I, 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 we maybe stopped and waved or something. I don't know. Sure. I don't, I don't know what we did. Um, but I, I, that's my earliest uh, wrestling memory. Okay. Yeah. Were you a fan at the time? At that time, I was probably too young to be necessarily a fan. Yeah. But, like, my father was, my uncles. Um, so it was, like, a family thing. Yeah. And we were going to the wrestling match. Um, so it wasn't long after that that I became, you know, a Hulkamaniac and all that. So was Hulkster your guy? Yeah, but, I, I mean, t truth be told, I was uh, quickly... Because I was into martial arts from yeah. the time I was... Um, I started Taekwondo when I was eight. So, quickly, wow. I gravitated towards Ricky Steamboat yeah. immediately. Because at that time, he was in his WWF run. He wasn't really a, a wrestler, per se, as much as he was doing that. Like, the martial arts ninja thing. Gimmick. Yeah. Yeah. Which, now I realize how hokey it was. Yeah. <laughs> but as a kid... I just, you know, he was a ninja. Yeah. So that was all I needed to see. Um, but I was a big Steamboat fan. Uh, Dynamite Kid was another one that yeah. I loved, yeah. I think, because I was uh, always on the smaller side. I had an older mm -hmm. brother. We both played football, and my brother was bigger than me. So yeah. I was always, like, the little runt, and I was the little brother. So, like, uh, Dynamite just, yeah. you know, was... Um, lightning fast and athletic so it was like everything i wanted to be he looked like a gymnast to me. yeah um so dynamite steamboat later on sting mm -hmm. uh and then the great muda was the one that really got me like head over heels into japanese wrestling okay uh, so, you know, you, you were in Japan, like, for Noah, and you wrestled a yeah. lot. You wrestled in New Japan Pro Wrestling. So, mm -hmm. uh, when did, you, you said you just got you into Japanese wrestling. Did you get pretty head over heels into that kind of stuff? Um, I, so, at that point, when I was a kid, I only knew Muda from mm -hmm. when he came into the NWA. Yeah. And uh, a little bit of the WCW Barry Windham, stuff. when he was wrestling yeah. Barry Windham and all yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Muda was, like, a superhero yeah. to me. You know, doing the the moonsault was the craziest thing, and the the handspring elbow, and even like the uh, whipping elbow. Like he just he did things that, like I said, he he was like a superhero. And I wasn't even familiar with his Japanese stuff. And at that time, I didn't even know that there was like I didn't know Dynamite Kid had a this this you know insane career in Japan. Yeah. He had disappeared. Dynamite 
when he disappeared from WWF TV, I didn't know where he yeah. went. Um, he just stopped wrestling, right? Well, I mean, <laughs> I, you. I, yeah. yeah, exactly. I didn't know. And, and it, uh, ironically enough, it was years later um, that I saw his book, um, Pure Dynamite, mm-hmm. on a shelf in FYE. Mm-hmm. I was working for a marketing company, and I was on the road. And it was the first time I had ever really you know, spent much time out of New York. Yeah. And I was just bored off my ass. Uh, the people I was on the road with, I didn't know. I had yeah. just met them. So I, I was doing your own thing. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted a book to like, just to read in the car or whatever. Yeah. So I picked that one up and I learned like all, all the backstory to dynamite and yeah. where he was and all. The, and that was when like WWE, like tough enough and mm-hmm. stuff had come mm-hmm. out. So it was a little bit more revealed as to how you got into wrestling. Sure. And it wasn't something that I thought I was going to do, but every time I, cause I was out of college at that point, every time I tried to get into like a nine to five job, it just wasn't, just wasn't clicking. Fit. Yeah. yeah. And, um, this kind of gave me like a little bit of a roadmap. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's ironic to think that, that reading pure dynamite, which is, is there some dark stuff in yes, there. Yeah. Really dark stuff yeah. was kind of the roadmap to get me into pro wrestling, but it wasn't necessarily dynamite's story as much as it was the fact that like I, I could figure out like how to connect the dots, how yeah. you got into wrestling. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh shit, I just got to find somebody to train me. Um, so who'd you find? Tony DeVito. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Who was, uh, in Poughkeepsie, New York, which was like an hour, hour and a half, uh, south of where I grew up. Yeah. And, um, I started to go to Tony. He had a ring in a warehouse or maybe less. I don't remember what sure, it was. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, would go there two, three times a week. And, uh, did you take to it pretty fast or I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I Cause you had the martial was, arts background and yeah. you did some mixed martial arts stuff. And, uh, eventually yeah. I, um, I did some amateur kickboxing and, uh, I had always, I still train, you know, I think I'll, I'll do martial arts until the day I die. I yeah. I think, um, so yeah, I, t- I, I would like to think. I took pretty quickly to it. Sure. I don't know if I was a natural, but I was, um, I didn't have two left feet necessarily, yeah. you know? So were you wrestling mostly in the upstate New York area for a while? And Yeah, that's kind of how it started. Um, and then you, you continue to branch out more and more. And like the Northeast was fairly hot at that time, yeah. but I really couldn't catch much traction mm. so um i did camps and stuff like that and that that was how i got hooked up with um with noah noah uh was that your first big break yes yeah that was about five years in and um noah saw me uh at a harley race yeah. camp and um originally what i what people were going to the camp for was to go over and uh live in the dojo for three months and get trained and so i found out that i was picked and was going to be going and then i got my uh, itinerary and whatnot and i thought there was a mistake because my itinerary was only for three weeks yeah and i called harley and i and he said i you know i don't know kid and uh so i just went and then I got there, and the first night in, we were in Corican Hall, and I wrestled wow. on TV that night. Wow. So I wasn't going to the dojo. And yeah. I didn't know this until literally I got to the building that night, and they're like, yeah, you're wrestling first match against Aoki. And I was like, 
I don't even know who the fuck Hiroki <laughs> is. Like, what? Are, what? And um, so I wrestled that first match. And then throughout that first week, it became apparent to me um, from talking to some of the Japanese boys that uh, I was there to just be a wrestler. Yeah. They didn't realize that I had, you know, only, like, I don't know if I had limited experience at that point. I had been doing it like four or five years. Mm-hmm. But... You know, four or five years in, you're not getting a whole lot of work on the sure. U.S. Indies. You know, you're wrestling once a month or something like that. So um, I think they thought I had more experience sure. than I did. And it's going to the deep end, dude. Yeah, <laughs> very much. I mean, that first three weeks, I wrestled probably as much in that three weeks as I had in five years yeah. prior. Yeah. Because um, we wrestled, you know, four or five times a week uh, for Noah. And then... I did a second tour that year, and then every year that I worked for them, which ended up being like eight years, yeah. I would pick up more and more tours. Yeah, and um, you know that's kind of where I cut my teeth was getting beat up on Noah tours. Yeah, yeah. I remember listening to an Art of Wrestling episode with uh, with with uh, Colt Cabana and Chris Hero, and they were talking about how kind of uh, intimidating the Noah locker room is when you first start. Was that the case? Like, um, it, I, you know, I was probably too stupid. To be okay. intimidated, sure, because I just didn't, I, yeah. I, I didn't understand, um, and I had to have some things spelled out to me. I, I remember um, a couple of my first tours. Uh, Bison Smith was on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Loki, mm-hmm. um, Loki. I remember one match. Um, uh, Takeshi Sugira was in the match, and he lit me the fuck up. And uh, Loki iggied me after the match to let me know, like, you know, there was something. He was sending you a bit of a message in a working way. Uh, just that, like, um, you know, just putting you on... Um, putting you on notice? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, like, you know, to... And and from that point on, and, and I, you know, I always got along with Sugira... Uh, but from that point on, like he taught me the the right lesson, yeah. you know. And from that point on, like I, I knew um, there was a certain level of go, and um, and you had to you had to bring it. So you might not speak the same language verbally, but there's ways of of telling you something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was lucky enough that Loki was uh, you know helped spell it out for yes. me because I might have missed it if it weren't for him. But. Yeah. Yeah. What was the what was the first time that you felt like um maybe confident or proud of of your wrestling? Was there a time that you can kind of remember? Um, man, I you know, like looking back, I it probably happened a lot later in my career than mm-hmm. than I think people would would surmise. I I don't know how proud I would have been of of the stuff I did in Noah just because I I uh you know, I was really learning. Yeah. Um, I would say my late run in Ring of Honor yeah. uh, was probably the stuff I was most proud of because that was stuff, like, that was the fabrication process of all of it. Like, the Red Dragon stuff with yeah. Kyle and I. Um, those, that was like our brainchild. Yeah. You know, like, we came up with all of that. and to do more of a mixed martial arts gimmick and to be um, these smarmy heels and you know uh, it was my idea to like wear scarves and yep. 
tight jeans and be like super annoying. Yeah. Um, that's kind of where the mustache came from mm-hmm. and just being this like, um, uh, what was the, I can't think of the word now, uh, but there was something that was a very trendy sort of thing at that time. Okay. And it was like a coffee house sort of vibe, like very Seattle. Kind of like a hipster? Hipster, there yeah, you go. Yeah. yeah. So we were like these um, these annoying hipsters, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, without knowing that hipster was a thing, really. Yeah. But that's kind of what we were. But we were these annoying hipsters who could kick your ass. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of the gimmick. Yeah. And uh, it was the first time that I really found my lane mm-hmm. in a gimmick. Because prior to that, I had tried all sorts of things. I had called myself the Round Eye Samurai. Yeah. I had, you know, tried to focus on the you know fact that I wrestled in Japan. Mm-hmm. And it just never really, it didn't hit. Mm-hmm. And then the Red Dragon thing just really really hit really yeah. clicked and uh you know little did i know that it, it took kyle o'reilly to bring some of that out of me and and me to bring some of that out in him yeah yeah well the red dragon thing hit like you said and you know you guys were the obnoxious hipsters and then obviously you got the attention of nxt you went to nxt you were undisputed era a lot of people you may have gotten on their radar through the undisputed era time at nxt yeah. uh you know we don't have to go too uh, much into the nxt thing but what's something you learned from your time in the wwe and nxt program that you can take with you um god i'm so much like that four years or whatever um that it was you know kind of crystallizes in my memory because i didn't realize that wrestling could be that fun you know um i think what made the undisputed era as good as it was was the fact that we were four buddies yeah and that's why like promos and things like they would joke around backstage we were like one take UE or two takes tops and it was because we were literally four dudes riffing so like if you just gave us bullet points like we could figure the rest of it out Um, and it was just so much fun being in this thing with three of my best friends Mm -hmm. Um, ironically prior to that in Ring of Honor there was a, a brief run with Kyle, me, and Adam. And it was on the way to get Kyle and Cole um, against each other mm-hmm. at Manhattan Mayhem or what, whatever the um, New York City show was that we did at the end of the year. And um, there was a point where we were just, where the, the plan was that they were just kind of swerving them and, and it, it put the three of us together. And we was only supposed to be a brief time. Yeah. And But I remember I went to the office and was like, hey, I'm not saying change the plans, but maybe we run this thing a little bit longer and just, you know, cash in on some T-shirt sales or something. Because yeah. the vibe in the building that night when the three of us stood in the ring together was just something, yeah. like, palpable. Yeah. And uh, they didn't go with it, and and that's perfectly fine. Like they had their plan, and yeah. I, I don't blame them. But just you know, years later to come back to NXT and for Hunter to to like have the idea to put the three of us together, it was like truly we're looking around like, okay, well, when's the other shoe going to drop? Here? Right. Like, this is a rib. Yeah. You're not actually putting the three of us together. <laughs> 
Um, and then we did take over Brooklyn and, and holy shit, like, man, that was, that was some electricity, Yeah, you know, coming out, uh, for that jumping McIntyre, jumping, uh, insanity at yeah. that point. It, it really, uh, it just felt right. And it, I'm assuming it continues to feel right now in AEW with those guys. Yeah, I don't think it'll ever not feel right. You know, anything that, that Kyle and, and Cole, me and Roddy, if there's anything that we ever do together, I think it'll just, it'll never not feel right. Yeah. You know, That's I think awesome. 20 years down the road, if they <laughs> we have a reunion, like it, that'll feel right too. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So outside of wrestling, what kind of stuff are you into? Are you a music guy, a sports guy, or um, I I'm really into martial arts. Yeah, um, I I watch a ton of MMA. Yeah, um, which I you know growing up I was a big football fan, but I realized like now because I watch no football whatsoever, yeah. I realized like I must have been studying football or something because I have no like attention span for sure. it anymore. So, um, really, I'd say MMA, um, I like kickboxing, um, fair bit of yoga, I don't mind a little bit of CrossFit, um, I love my wife, uh, my stepdaughter, my, uh, my other, my, my daughter, daughters, you know, my dog sometimes, he's not shedding too bad. Nice. He's a French bulldog and God, he sheds. (laughs) That's ridiculous. Man, so, uh, you know, you've had wrestled here in Defy a couple times. and, and um, Tonight was number two. Exactly. So, you know, th- we have an electric crowd here. And we have, um, you know, some of the most loyal fans. And we call them the Defiance. Okay. So it's, a, it's kind of a cheesy, you know, thing to ask the way I ask it. But got to okay. ask, what does the Defiance mean to you? Um, I, I mean, I, it, it's been years since I've been here, and, and the welcome they gave me tonight was, was pretty goddamn cool. Yeah. So um, I've come back in a heartbeat. And, and like I said, the um, match that I had here previous, like in the black and white, like there's just a, a vibe to this place that's, that's very, very cool. Awesome. Yeah. Right on, man. Well, my last question is the last question I ask everyone. So okay. it's a visual component to it. So if you can show us, please show us. Okay. Pick a scar on your body and tell us the story of how you got it. And if you can, show us. Um, okay. Let me think here. Um, there's a scar on my elbow here. I don't know how well we can see Oh, that. yeah. Yeah, that's a... Um, Quite a big one. So that was War Games 4. Okay. And uh, it was just a freak thing. So I, uh, my tricep was torn, mm-hmm. and I had surgery the night of War Games 4, but it wasn't torn like a, a, you know, a muscle tear and the bicep rolls up, and it was severed. Jeez. Because um, I took the cage, and I, had, I put my arm up, to block and uh, one of the girders sliced through my elbow and actually sliced my tricep tendon Jesus um, almost in half so it was just hanging on by a thread and uh, it wasn't uh, so Tara from the medical staff she was checking me out afterwards and uh, where she looked through my elbow she could see uh, bone and she knew that she was 
supposed to see tendon. Jesus. And she's like, okay, I shouldn't be seeing bone. Yeah, right there's now. no. Like, there's, you need to go to the hospital. Yeah. So I wow. went to the hospital that night, and they uh, they had me prepped for surgery. It was strange. They had me prepped for surgery. I was supposed to go in that night. I didn't end up going into surgery until like noon the next wow. day. It was. But whatever they got. How long was the recovery from that? Oh man, that was a trip too because I thought it was six weeks. Mm -hmm. They had told me like six weeks, and I was shocked. I was like, "Wow, that's quick!" Yeah. So I went through the first six weeks thinking like, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'll be back wrestling soon enough." Turns out it was thirteen weeks. Jesus. So it was twice as long. Yeah. Uh, And I don't know how that got miscommunicated, but like when I went in for my. six week checkup or whatever it was they're like yeah well you got another you know month and a half and wow. I was like wait what <laughs> you're like checking your like, no yeah. way man yeah it's been yeah. six weeks bro I thought, yeah <laughs> I thought like I'm back yeah yeah damn man well I'm glad you're all healthy and you you came back to defy and we'll, we'd love to have you back man yeah. thank you so much Bobby I Fish be, I would love to be back so yeah, right on anytime. thank you man yes sir thank you Every week on the Defiance Patreon, we have in-depth interviews with all your favorite Defy wrestlers. It's the Defiant Ones. To check out all the past episodes of the Defiant Ones and the newly released episodes every Wednesday, go to patreon.com slash defiance. You're not going to want to miss an episode of the Defiant Ones. Defy returns home to Washington Hall Saturday, October 29th for Defy Kingdom Come featuring wrestling icon Minoru Suzuki and many more. Tickets for Defy Kingdom Come are available now at DefyWrestling.com Again, Defy Kingdom Come Saturday, October 29th at Washington Hall. Hey, what's going on? This is Kevin Deers here with Defy On Demand and Defiant Ones Podcast. We are hanging out here at the White Center Block Party with Defy Summer Bash. Let's go talk to some people about some wrestling. Hey, what's going on? My name is Kevin Deers, and we are out here at the White Center Block Party here at Defy Summer Bash. We got a guy in a Defy tank top, so you know I had to talk to him. His name is Brian. He's hanging out. He's a big fan of Defy. How many Defy matches, events have you gone to, man? So I've been, this is my third event, so I love Defy. I love how it's homegrown, it's, it's Washington. Also, I liked how they actually have big name, uh, big name players come out and uh, play a great show. It's Hey man, if you're a wrestling fan, you gotta come out here, man. It's it's live. It's in front of you. They interact. As a fan, oh, I love it. I love it. Who's your favorite Defy wrestler, dude? Ah, uh, so I gotta say, so I saw Moxie perform. He bladed himself on a house show. Like, holy smokes! Uh, then I gotta say, Moxie so far is my favorite favorite player so far. Oh, C Four's good too. I like C Four and Bollywood Boys came out. He had a good performance. Yeah. I, I don't want to say names, but, man, everyone puts on a great show. Everybody puts on a great show. Awesome, dude. Thank you so much, Brian. Appreciate it. Yep. Hey, what's going on? It's Kevin Deers here with Defy. We are out at the Defy Summer Bash at the White Center Block Party. It has been an awesome event. We just saw a really cool battle royal, and in the front row was a guy who was dressed as one of the AEW stars, Dan Housen. How you doing, man? What's your name? 
Ah, uh, well, first of all, my name is Casey Urban. Today I'm just a best Danhausen. Very nice, very evil. Uh, and you know, Danhausen wanted to come out, say hello to his friends, uh, Cody Chan, uh, Guillermo Rosa, so we're in the uh, C4 shirt. is very nice. Uh, and who knows? Maybe Danhausen will curse somebody tonight. Uh, maybe that, uh, that, uh, that menace, Ricky Gibson, uh, or Eddie Pearl, his tag team partner. Who knows? Guess you'll have to wait and see. Absolutely, man. Danhausen, he is, uh, cursing or blessing, depending on, you know, how you look at it. And, uh, who do you think's gonna win? Who do you think's gonna go get, uh, the titles tonight? You think it's gonna be Steve and, uh, Malcolm Flex? Or you think it's gonna be Midnight Heat? Uh, who knows? Uh, Danhausen's good friend, uh, Steven Miggs, uh, he's become one of Danhausen's favorites, uh, Maybe uh, before the when the referee is turned around, maybe you can hit him in the groin. All right. Thank you so much, Dan Housen. Hey, what's going on? It's Kevin Deers. We are out here at the White Center Block Party for Defy Summer Bash. We've seen some incredible wrestling so far. I'm talking with some members of the Defiance. What's your name, man? My name's Drew. Right on. So uh, you you a fan of Defy, I'm assuming? Hell yeah. Right on. So uh, what do you love about Defy? Uh, I really love being a part of like the loudest crowd in wrestling. Yeah, it's uh, it's great. I uh, tend to do uh, like standing room only area yeah. and just uh, screaming and yelling and being like right up with the wrestlers and seeing some of the coolest wrestlers in the world. Who are your favorites? Uh, Swerve, one of my favorites for yeah. sure. Uh, let's see, Randy's great. Uh, can't wait to see Minoru Suzuki. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't call him a Defy wrestler. Uh, but. Well, he's, he's, he's going to be joining all of us. Here, yeah. So that's awesome, man. Well, we appreciate the support. And uh, who do you think is going to go away with the titles tonight? Oh, I don't know. Let's see. Cody Chun? Well, the, 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 it's Midnight Heat versus Steve Miggs and, and Flex. Oh, Midnight Heat's going to win because they're a bunch of assholes. Okay, fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Well, thanks for the time, man. Yeah. Thank Thanks. you. Yep.